This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Congress created the United States Commission on International Religious Freedom in 1998. Its purpose is to monitor the state of religious liberty abroad and make recommendations to the President, Secretary of State, and Congress to help protect, defend, and advance this essential liberty. Each year, the Commission releases its annual report on the state of religious freedom worldwide. The Commission released its 2017 report in April. The news it contains is not good. According to the report, the state of religious liberty in the world is bad and getting worse. I speak with Commission Chairman Father Thomas Reese about the report's findings on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. I'm Sarah Golseth with news in brief of interest to Lutherans worldwide. Planned Parenthood released its annual report for 2015 to 2016. The report notes that Planned Parenthood performed more abortions last year, 328,348, compared to the previous year, 323,999. In the same period, contraception and cancer screening and prevention services declined. The report reveals a dramatic decline in prenatal services. Planned Parenthood provide 9,419 in 2015 to 2016, compared to 17,419 in the previous year, meaning 8,000 fewer women and their unborn children received prenatal care in just one year. Planned Parenthood of Indiana and Kentucky, along with the ACLU, filed a lawsuit over a law that would take effect in July, which requires abortion providers to obtain written consent from a legal guardian before an unemancipated minor can get an abortion. Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb said before signing the legislation in April that he sees it, quote, as a parental rights issue and responsibility and common sense. The only Planned Parenthood office in Wyoming will close, along with another five offices in the organization's Rocky Mountain region, though officials said it would still exercise a presence in the state. North Dakota is the only other U.S. state without a Planned Parenthood location. The death toll in the latest terrorist atrocity targeting Egyptian Christians rose to 30 after a victim succumbed to his wounds three days after an Islamist gunman opened fire on a group of travelers whom they had identified as Christians. Just last month, suicide bombers killed 29 people in a church in northern Egypt on Palm Sunday, and hours later another 18 people in a cathedral in Alexandria were murdered. A bombing in a Cairo church last December cost 30 lives. World Lutheran News Digest will be back right after these messages. There's a special place where rare books from times long ago come alive in your imagination. A special place where you can rediscover values that transcend time itself. A special place of adventure, mystery, and drama that's both old and new at the same time. Lamplighter Theater. Saturday mornings at 11 on KFUO Radio. 
Listening to Worldwide KFUO on the go with your smartphone doesn't mean you have to walk around with earbuds all day. You can Bluetooth across the room to a speaker system in your home or listen on radios that have built-in smartphone cradles. There are many easy ways to listen to WorldwideKFUO.org on the air, online, and on demand. We proclaim the clear gospel message of Christ crucified for our sins. The messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. Hi, I'm Pastor William Whedon, LCMS Director of Worship. Jesus said some hard things in John 6, and lots of his disciples turned away and stopped following him. He asked the 12 if they wanted to go too. Peter responded for them all, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Words of eternal life, those are the words your Jesus has for you. Join me for the next broadcast of Thy Strong Word, 11 a.m. Central on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. Hi, I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson, host of Moments of Assurance, Sunday at 9.15 a.m. right here on KFUO Radio. Each week I have the privilege of producing a quarter hour of message, music, and prayer blended together to fit a special theme for that day. You'll hear messages of hope and complete confidence in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. You'll hear choirs and instrumentals to support the message as well. So I invite you to join me. That's Moments of Assurance, Sunday morning at 9.15 a.m. I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran in St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lekumski from St. Paul's in New Athens and Trinity in Darmstadt, and we welcome you to listen to Wrestling with the Basics. Matt, 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 let go of me, Matt. No, no, it's not real wrestling. We're just talking about Bible issues. Oh, 9.05 Saturday mornings, 8.50 a.m. KFUO. This is World Lutheran News Digest. I'm Kip Allen, host of World Lutheran News Digest. My guest today is Father Thomas Rees, who's the chairman of the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. Father Rees, could you tell us about yourself and about the commission? Sure. I'm a uh, Jesuit Catholic priest uh, who was appointed to the commission by President Obama. The commission is a nine-member bipartisan commission with people appointed by the president, by the leadership in the House of Representatives, and the leadership in the Senate. And our job is to advise the Congress, the Secretary of State, and the president on issues of international religious freedom. So our job is to make recommendations to the government on how uh, religious freedom can be uh, increased around the world. As part of our work, we do an annual report on the state of uh, religious freedom uh, around the world, and our report was just issued this month. I'm going to quote from the introduction to the report that you released. And it says here, word for word, the state of affairs for international religious freedom is worsening in both depth and breadth of violations. The blatant assaults have become so frightening. Attempted genocide, the slaughter of innocents, and the wholesale destruction of places of worship that less egregious abuses go unnoticed or at least unappreciated. Many observers have become numb to the violations of the right of freedom of thought, conscience, and religion. In short, it looks like the situation for religious freedom is deteriorating worldwide. Is that correct? 
Yes, I'm afraid that is correct, especially if you look at situations like in Russia. The uh, uh, the uh, traditional uh, religions there, the uh, Orthodox, the Catholics, and, and Jews, are you know have uh, a somewhat uh, situation of religious freedom, but the new religions. The new religious movements, evangelicals, the Jehovah Witnesses, and others have been persecuted. And then, if you add on top of that, of course, the areas of the Ukraine where uh, the uh, Russian military now occupied uh, illegally, uh, there the uh, suppression of Muslims, the suppression of uh, Orthodox believers who are not in union with the Russian Orthodox, these are also. Uh, heavily persecuted in these situations. So the situation has become worse uh, around the world. We're looking also, uh, obviously from the Christian point of view, we see our, what's what's happening in the Middle East where there's very severe persecution of Christians. But we're not the only ones being persecuted. We have Buddhists, we have Hindus, we have Muslims uh, persecuting Muslims. You're absolutely right. And our job as a commission is not just to point out where Christians are persecuted, but any religion. And, you know, for example, uh, the situation, as you mentioned, in the Middle East is just terrible, with ISIS practicing genocide against the Yazidis, the uh, Christians, and uh, Shia Muslims. In fact, they'll kill anybody who just disagrees with them. Uh, It's just a tragic uh, situation there. But we also look at the situation of Muslims in places like Burma or in uh, uh, places like India, where uh, Muslims are, are uh, discriminated against and persecuted. Our job is to protect religious freedom, to, to point out the violations of religious freedom all over the world. And, you know, not just for believers, but also for non-believers, because people have the right not to uh, believe also. We believe that this should be a free independent choice by every individual uh, so that he can follow he or she can follow their conscience in terms of what kind of religion they want to follow what they want to believe whether they want to convert or not convert all of these things are part of religious freedom well one of the other items that i've read in the report concerns what are called blasphemy laws and again i'm going to quote from the report blasphemy laws are yet another example of governments using laws as a tool for restricting religious freedom under the purported need to protect religions from defamation more than 70 countries worldwide from canada to pakistan governments employ these laws which lead to grave human rights emboldened extremists and are in the long run counterproductive to national security now, I think many of us are familiar with the concept of the blasphemy laws in the Muslim world, but Canada? Yes, wasn't that a surprise? It was. There are a lot of, you know, there's a number of European countries, Latin American countries that have these laws against blasphemy. Uh, there are actually, I think, even a few states in the United States that have some laws like that. For the most part, they are not enforced. But we feel that these laws should be repealed because if we are going to speak with any kind of credibility against these kinds of blasphemy laws, then I think uh, uh, the Western nations have to clean up their act and get rid of these laws altogether. So we, we had a researcher look through all the countries of the world, and so we came up with a list of these 70 uh, countries that do have blasphemy laws. 
they're really abused in many places like Pakistan and most recently we've seen it even in Indonesia. One of the terrible things about these laws is that anybody can accuse you of blasphemy. You know, it might be somebody who owes you some money and decides, well, I'll just accuse him of blasphemy. Then I won't have to worry about paying him back because he'll be in jail. These, you know, th these laws are used uh, by people for getting even with enemies, just stirring up all sorts of trouble. And it's, uh, it's just a terrible abuse of these laws. But, you know, the, and uh, in places like Pakistan, the penalty for blasphemy can be uh, execution uh, or life imprisonment. This is just not a good thing to have. Oh, you recently saw, you mentioned in Indonesia, where I believe it was a uh, mayor of a major city was just yes. yeah, a Christian who was convicted of blasphemy. Yes, actually, the governor of, uh, of an area. And all he did was quote the Quran and say that, yes, you can, you know, because some of the uh, Muslim leaders were telling their, their uh, followers, you cannot vote for a Christian. And this was a Christian, and he simply quoted the Quran, pointing out that, no, you, you can, uh, a Muslim can vote for a Christian. And so he was accused of blasphemy for daring to interpret uh, the Quran. And the prosecutors uh, did not want to carry this case forward. They, uh, they wanted him released. But the judges gave him, uh, sentenced him to jail anyway. I mean, it, it's just, it, it becomes a political thing too because he is this particular governor was very close to the uh, uh the president of indonesia and so uh, this is a fight that's going on in many places and it's being used uh, for political purposes as well as for all you know uh for uh stirring up trouble and uh, getting even with enemies. Now, the commission acts as an advisory body to both the U.S. Congress and to the State Department. What are some of the recommendations that are put forth in this report? Well, some of the recommendations are, first of all, we uh, propose uh, a list of uh, what are called countries of particular concern. And uh, this is a, a category of countries that was established by Congress. It's a list of the worst of the worst of countries that are, uh, are very bad violators of religious freedom. We actually recommend that 16 countries be listed by the U.S. government as countries of particular concern. Now, 10 of these have already been designated uh, CPCs, as we call them, CPCs by the State Department. That includes Burma, China, Eritrea, Iran. North Korea, Saudi Arabia, Sudan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, and Uzbekistan. Uh, these are countries that we recommended be uh, listed as countries of particular concern, and the uh, State Department followed our recommendation. But we have six more uh, countries that we also think should be listed as countries of particular concern, and they are the Central African Republic, Nigeria, Pakistan, Russia, Syria, and Vietnam. These are countries where we feel that there are egregious and systematic violations of religious freedom, and they should be called to account uh, for this. And we believe that the issue of religious freedom should be brought up by 
diplomats and by American officials whenever they visit these countries to to talk to them and try and get them to respect religious freedom. Well, as they say, talk can be cheap. Uh, what can we do? We know that in Saudi Arabia, which is supposedly one of our allies, you can't even uh, wear a uh, crucifix. They won't, yes. they, won't, they won't even allow Jews into the country. Yeah. Well, it was, it was disappointing uh, that the president uh, went to Saudi Arabia and did not raise with them the issue of religious freedom. I feel that that should be raised every time we meet with these countries. Well, there were two things that happened in the Saudi visit that really struck me about the president's visit. Uh, one was that he brought along his daughter and son-in-law, who are Jewish. Yeah. And then he did a direct flight from Saudi Arabia to Israel, something which was not been allowed before. So I'm wondering if maybe there's some some subtle messages are being delivered to Saudi Arabia by the administration. Well, we hope that these issues are being brought up by the administration behind closed doors. I think the president, you know, made the point that he was not there to preach uh, or lecture the Muslim government. But his priority is, has been the priority of, of most presidents, frankly, Democrat and Republican, has been national security and trade. And sadly, the issue of religious freedom is often way down the list of issues that are brought up when we meet with foreign officials. Well, what, what kind of pressure can we actually put on countries like that? Uh, you mentioned like Pakistan, which supposedly is one of our allies in the fight against uh, the Taliban and Al-Qaeda. Saudi Arabia, which is a vital counterpart to uh, Iran. Russia, which has is the other superpower in the country, as is China. What yes. kind of leverage do we have? Well, I think that sometimes we have to look and see where they are and what what is possible? You know, I don't expect Saudi Arabia to suddenly allow Christians to build churches there. That's not going to happen. On the other hand, a very important reform that we have been pushing with Saudi Arabia, and they've been listening, actually, on this, is to reform their textbooks. The books that they use to teach about religion, their social science books and things like that, have had very derogatory descriptions of people of other faiths. This is bad, because it means that this kind of prejudice is extended to another generation. And in addition, these books are used uh, all around the world by other countries. So we have been working with the Saudis to uh, reform these textbooks to get better and more accurate descriptions, and to have in the textbooks you know, notions of tolerance and of respect for other believers. This could have a tremendous effect, not today, not tomorrow, but certainly long range because of the impact it could have on future generations. And so this has been a priority of our commission. And you're saying the Saudi government has actually been listening to this and, and had taken steps? Yes, they have. They actually have been cleaning up. You know, there's more work that needs to be done, frankly. But uh, they have been improving uh, their textbooks. One thing I've noticed that might be a little bit of uh, brightness in what might be a dark picture is in Egypt, where we've seen some horrific attacks against the Coptic Christians in that community. But it seems that the uh, Egyptian government 
has really taken some positive steps to protect the Christian minority there and to distance themselves from these fanatics. You're absolutely right. Egypt was a, a really difficult country for us to deal with because, in point of fact, the, the situation of religious freedom has been improving there under the CC uh, government. They have been rebuilding churches that were destroyed. They have been uh, uh, putting uh, guards in, to protect the uh, uh, churches and people from attack. And so there has been a proven, even though their human rights record is absolutely terrible in other areas, they've actually done some good things in terms of religious freedom. The, uh, the president and uh, also Muslim leaders have condemned the attacks on the Coptic uh, Christians. And most recently, you know, when uh, the terrible attacks on Palm Sunday took place, it was no, I think it's worth noting that the, when uh, that the uh, one of the suicide bombers was stopped outside the cathedral, he was trying to get into the cathedral uh, where he could kill all sorts of people and 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 uh, perhaps even the Coptic Pope. But a security guard stopped him and was going to make him go through a metal detector. And so the suicide bomber blew, blew himself up outside of the cathedral. Uh, it was still tragic and terrible, but it showed that the government was trying to protect uh, the people in the cathedral. And that is progress. Are other Muslim countries taking steps? Uh, I'm thinking of others that have uh, Christian minorities, for example, Pakistan. Are they doing anything to protect their Christian minority? Well, Pakistan has got a long ways to go, quite frankly. Uh, there's been a few small incremental steps uh, in improvement, but it's got, still got very serious problems. It's very easy for a Christian to be accused of blasphemy. In fact, even Muslims are accused of blasphemy. Uh, and, and what can happen in those circumstances is even before the government can move in to arrest somebody, a mob will, a vig, you know, kind of a vigilante mob will attack the person and kill them. Uh, this happened uh, recently at a university in Pakistan where the, uh, uh, one of the students was accused of blasphemy and he was attacked and hung. And, you know, it was proven later that he was totally innocent. He had not done what he had been accused of. This is the kind of thing that is just, really terrible and has to be be worked on. But I'll give you another example. You know, if, uh, if a Christian gets married, the marriage is not recorded by the government. They only record Muslim marriages. And this has caused all sorts of trouble. I, while I, was, I just visited Pakistan uh, a few weeks ago and talked to a woman who had, was married to a Christian. Was, was, this woman was a Christian, is a Christian, married to a Christian, and she was kidnapped and forced into a Muslim marriage. And when her husband, her Christian husband, complained, they said, well, there's no record of the marriage. I mean, this is crazy. They have to uh, protect these Christians from these kinds of things. And uh, uh, it's very very important that this be done.
There is a rise of uh, militant Hinduism, I understand, as well in India, and they're going after Buddhists, Christians, Muslims, anyone who's not Hindu. Is this uh, is this accurate? Yeah, there, it, it, India is such a huge country. I have talked to Christian leaders in some parts of India, and they say everything's fine. We have no problems. But then you talk to others in other parts of India, and things are really awful. The problem is these Hindu nationalist groups that are aligned with political parties, especially with uh, uh, Modi's uh, political party, and they use they use religion to stir the people up and get them out to vote. This is very very bad. Uh, this kind of using religion uh, to stir up hatred of other uh, religious groups in India. Uh, people, the Hindu nationalist groups stir up opposition to Christians and the Muslims. And the problem is there very rarely is anybody brought to justice on these things. And that's, and this is true in Pakistan of, of Muslims being stirred up to attack Hindus and uh, Christians. So in these countries, we really have to uh, look uh, and see that often the, there are problems in one part of the country, but uh, in another part of the country, there may not be any problems. And that is, uh, is is something we have to keep an eye on. Well, Father Reese, we're about running out of time here. Uh, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our audience? Well, this is, uh, you know, religious freedom really is something that has to be an integral part of our foreign policy. I, you know, it's part of our DNA as Americans. Generations ago, people came to the United States seeking religious freedom, to be able to worship God in the way they wanted to. And I think we have found that this is a very helpful and, and way to, to have a civil peace. But to, to discriminate and persecute people uh, because of their faith is, simp- is going to continue to cause problems around the world. It encourages extremism. Uh, and it and it leads, uh, I think, uh, quite frequently to terrorism. Well, Father Reese, I want to thank you very much. I want to thank you for your work on the commission and the commission itself. You're doing some wonderful things. And, oh well, thank you. Good and, to be good to be on your program and talking with you. And God bless you, sir. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.